Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Streetwise Theology Out of the Ivory Tower and Back into the Hands of the Invisible Church Thanks for listening to Streetwise Theology. My name is Luke Saint and today I'm going to pick on an easy target. I'm going to pick on an easy target today. Not very difficult one. It's a sitting duck, and uh, the name of that easy target is Hillsong. Uh, now, uh, the organization of Hillsong, uh, their track record has been anything but impressive. They come out with some cool music. They, uh, you know, produce a lot of good speakers, and you know, get a lot of popularity. But other than that, they're if you want to grow as a Christian, if you want to learn more about the scriptures, if you want to be effective and where you are, and um, if you want to know the Lord more, I mean, they, they are just not the, not the venue to go to. I mean, they, they, will, they will teach you uh, how to get dependent on them and look to them for all the answers and all that kind of stuff. They will not teach you to be independent. They will not point you to God's Word. They will keep continue to point them. Uh, they will continue to point you towards themselves. Uh, they are a bunch of wolves in sheep cl- sheep's clothing, and I say that wholesale for the leadership there. There, I think the burden of proof is upon them to prove that they are true and genuine Christians uh, with the ministry-industrial complex that they have built around themselves. Uh, I, I believe it does way more harm than good. I mean, I, I would challenge anyone to argue uh, with that, uh, that with me. Um, you know, they are just this massive... Uh, organization d- dedicated to keep themselves alive um, and feeding off of uh, God's children um, and, and and the goats too. They make lots of money off the goats. It's probably I mean I'm, I'm here to argue that it's the whole organization by and large is run by goats. Uh, very smart, um, very um, very clever uh, wolves in sheep's clothing, um, and uh, they're they're getting they're getting fat off of the goats and the wolves. So today, I and when talking about this, uh, you know, my church we sing some of their stuff. I don't think it's wrong to sing some of their songs because, you know, despite their best efforts, they actually put scripture in their songs and they, you know, at least give that lip service for now. Um, and 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 they have produced some 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 good music, some genuinely uh, good music. And I believe that there was a time uh, when there were true Christians in there. But I, I honestly I doubt that there are true Christians involved. Um, I, maybe there are. Um, I just think the, the burden of proof is upon them to prove that they are true Christians. I think true Christians would stay away from that organization. Um, but hey, if you got proof, uh, you know I'm willing to listen. Uh, I don't want to throw everyone under the bus, but I will throw that organization under the bus. You know, when you have pastors like uh, this guy, Carl Lentz, um, functioning and prospering in your organization and nobody's doing anything about it, um, that, that to me is like, okay, say no more, say no more. I, I, uh, I'm listening to you and, um, you know, it, you know, actions speak louder than words. And, you know, this guy right here, I'm going to play a clip. This is the second, I tried to find the first one, but this is actually the second interview that he's had with Elvis Duran, who is a very wicked, perverse man. Uh, anyone who has listened to him, he is absolutely not somebody you want to rub shoulders with. You're not uh, any Christian man uh, or woman should never associate themselves with them. I'm not saying he can't be his friend. I'm saying like you know, associate yourself with this man on a on a like on a ministry level, on a professional level. Um, at least you know, listen to this interview real quick. I'll play you part of the interview and just have a listen to 
um, what he's saying on this, and you'll hear for yourself where I'm coming from. This is an this is the second interview that he's had with Elvis Durant. Should give you a big warning, uh, a, a red flag right there when this man has two, not one but two interviews with this you know pretty much Howard Stern light uh, known as Elvis Durant. So here's uh, a clip from the interview. Have a listen. So Carl, other than your children, yeah. and your 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 marriage, mm-hmm. and uh, and Hillsong. If you walked out of the studio today and a piano fell on your head yeah. and it all ended today, what would be the most proud moment in your life to date? And what have you accomplished that you really probably aren't giving yourself enough credit for? Ooh, my gosh. Um, this is such a good question. I think my, my greatest accomplishment would, would be that my family is together and that my wife and my children respect me and know that I love them. And I think beyond that, like that's, I, I would love for people to say that guy was a faithful friend. Like he was, he was who he said he was. He did what he said he was going to do. And to me, that's the legacy I want. I want to leave. There's another a guy I love. He said on his tombstone, he would like, um, to for it to be written, he was a good friend. I think that that's kind of my goal as well. I want to be known as somebody who, who's there for the people who's who who needed him. So. Let's just hope no pianos are falling out of windows. Do pianos still fall in New York? I think they do. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, look, thank you for coming on. It's and a by, blessing. The, by the way, I, I have to say that from time to time, out of nowhere, I'll get a text from you. Mm. I mean, no, no reason at all. And I, I, I always wonder, like, what made him think of me today? Mm. I'm not going to question it, but. I think of you often because you're you're a good friend and you have you help a lot of people just with your tone and with your passion to want to change the world. So anybody I have the privilege of knowing, I'm going to annoy them with text. I would text you more, but I don't want to overdo it. You're not annoying me. Well, expect three a day. So uh, who's your who's your favorite team? Okay, and so from there they quickly move on to irrelevant things like sports teams. Uh, you know, if you just I mean, I'm not here to really bust on Carl Lentz too much. Um, this is just kind of like exhibit A of how I view Hillsong. I believe he is a very good representation of where Hillsong is at spiritually. Um, you know, I mean, that, I mean, he's a he's a wolf. I mean, you, you can see that guy. Most most uh, mature Christians can see that guy coming a mile away. And if, and if you can't see that, then I question how mature you are really as a Christian. I mean, that that was just filled with 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 horrible uh, horrible theology, um, you know, very reckless, um, very reckless usage of the platform that he's been given uh, to call someone who as who is as perverse and wicked as uh, uh, Elvis Duran, who uses his platform to further the kingdom of Satan. And, and here's Carl Lentz getting up there saying, "Oh, well, you use your platform to help people. Nah, you, you use your platform to help wickedness." And 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 you, Elvis, I mean, as as much. As you get out there and, uh, you know, maybe give people money, maybe do some community stuff and people call and say, Elvis, you're great. And, um, you know, I, you know, physically help people. At the end of the day, the the result of your work is chaff. It, it, it's it's going to be burned up easily. There is no long term effect, uh, positive effect of what you're doing. In fact, it's it's making things worse. Uh, you can't. Uh, try to help people without the Bible, it's it's just going to make things worse. And that's exactly what Elvis is doing. And any sort of theo- theological graduate numbskull can tell you that. And here's Carl Lentz saying, oh, you're a great person. Yeah, you help people. This is a wicked individual we're talking about. You may as well say that to Herod. Oh, Herod, yeah, you're a great person. You built the temple, right? I mean, <laughs> you're a great person, man. You're helping people. I mean, that, that's just foolish and stupid. 
so Carl Lentz is 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 a chump, and 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 he is a wolf from from far away. But I'm, I'm using this clip as background. <clears throat> you know, Carl Lentz, the guy who wants to be known as a good friend. You know, I talk about stuff that's going to get burned up by the fire. Uh, you know, legacy like that one. Uh, that's all I want on my tombstone. I was a good friend. Anyway, uh, what I'm talking about uh, is a popular song by Hillsong uh, called Oceans. Now, this song, uh, again, I think, in my opinion, is another easy target. Um, but I, I want to talk about it and uh, put forth uh, an idea that I, I'm willing to argue. I'm not willing to die on this hill. I say that often on this podcast because there's lots of ideas thrown around um, <laughs> that are that I hope are novel. Um, but th- this one uh, is not very novel. Uh, I, I wish I could quote this idea. I wish I could quote the source because it was a great observation. Um, and, and I can't remember who uh, said it initially, but it has to do uh, with this song, uh, Oceans by Hillsong. Let me read for you, uh, let me read for you the lyrics here. Here are the uh, lyrics, Oceans. Uh, you call me out upon the waters, the great unknown where feet may fail. And there I find you in the mystery in oceans deep where my faith will stand. And I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace. For I am yours and you are mine. Your grace abounds in deepest waters. Your sovereign hand will be my guide. Where feet may fail and fear surrounds me, you never failed. You've never failed and you won't start now. So I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace, for I am yours and you are mine. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. And my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Now, for some reason lately, uh, ever since I'm not sure what song started, but a lot of like Bethel and you know Vineyard and Hillsong, there we're singing about water all the time. We're always all these new worship songs come out where they got to mention water somehow. I'm not sure if it was this one that started it, but this has to do. Uh, if I understand this song correctly, it's talking about the passage in Matthew 14 where Peter gets called out on the waves to walk with with Jesus. And the writer of the song uh, assumes that Peter was showing strong faith uh, by walking on the waves. Um, you know, they call me out upon the waters, the great unknown where feet may fail. You know, it's the great unknown. So me stepping out onto the waters is me displaying great faith. Let me read that passage for you real quick that they're referring to. In the fourth watch of the night, this is Matthew 14, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be you, bid me come unto you on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink, and he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O you of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they came uh, into the ship, the wind ceased. Now, the the observation that I read, and and I wish I could quote the source because this is a really good observation. This is not my observation. They were uh, postulating that that Peter actually displayed weak faith by saying by going out onto the waves. 
the, the point was they sh- he should have just taken Christ at his word. And this is evident um, in verse uh, 28 where Peter says, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come out onto the water. Now that caveat, if it is you. Now, he did not take Christ at his word when Jesus said, it is I. Jesus spoke unto them saying, be of good cheer, it is I. Now, Peter at that moment should have just believed, it is you. Um, But he wanted something more. He wanted a sign. He wanted a little bit extra. If it is you, call me out so that I might walk to you. Now, Matthew Henry gives Peter credit for having great faith, and and I'm absolutely willing to to entertain that, that, that this is actually a display of great faith, that, you know, Jesus, um, and Matthew Henry says this, saving, um, Ma- Peter's, Matthew Henry says, Ma- Matthew, Peter, Jesus, Matthew Henry says that Peter's saving grace was the fact that he was so bold. And my brother-in-law Shaq often points out that people, people bust on Peter a lot, but he put his neck out there a lot too. Um, uh, and that's why he respects Peter is because Peter said some audacious things that I think a lot of other, that he thinks a lot of other people would not have said. At least Peter stuck his neck out there. You know, he was bold. He was bold, a very, uh, very uh, courageous individual. Sometimes it landed him in, in you know, in, in worse condition. But at least he was trying, right? And here, and here it is uh, again. Here's Peter being bold. Um, that's that's a way to look at it, and if the if the text is is saying that clearly, then then I subscribe to that um, that he that this he was displaying great faith. But when Jesus says to him, "Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt?" Um, is he asking him, "Did you why did you doubt?" Because uh, you saw the the waves and you doubted and became afraid, or is he saying, "Why did you doubt that it was me?" Uh, you know, th- that's the question. And, and, and the idea that Peter actually displayed weak faith um, by saying, if it is you, call me out unto the water. The, the, the point I'm trying to make here is that we, the strong faith takes Christ at his word. As soon as Christ says something, strong faith takes it at his word. The disciples believe, uh, showed very weak faith. Um, and again, I don't like to bust on them too much because they were, you know, three times the man that I'll ever be, but they displayed weak faith when they, um, didn't believe Jesus when he says, uh, when he said that he was going to be crucified, he kept saying it over and over again and strong faith takes him at his word. Say no more, Lord, if this is your word, I don't need a sign. I don't need an extra sign. A wicked generation, uh, a wicked and perverse generation acts, asks for a sign. We need to be taking Christ at his word. And my problem with this song um, by uh, Hillsong, I mean, it's, it's very popular. Um, it, it's presenting a scenario uh, in which, uh, first off, there is no real uh, depth to the song. There is, like, whatever depth you want to give it. There's no natural depth. Because, I mean, what, what does it be called out on the waters mean? And, like, and, and, you know, wake up tomorrow and, oh, my goodness, I got called out into the waters. Does it does it does it mean just taking the Lord at His word? And and in that case, you don't necessarily get called out into the waters when you just take Him at His word. Are you interested in Christian education? Would you like to learn how to be a Christian teacher or how to run your very own Christian school with success? The GCS Apprenticeship Program can help. 
Learn more on our website at gcsapprenticeship.com. My friend, if you want to get called out into the waters, like I, what I believe this song is talking about, you know, being put in a very, uh, a very tough situation where your faith gets tested, go ahead and take God at his word and see how quickly you get called out into the waters by your own friends. If you actually take God at his word and, and, and believe what he said and act on it, you're going to get called out in the waters a lot quicker rather than you, you saying, uh, I hear you, Lord, but let, let me see something else. The writer of the song, I think, gets gets the lesson we need to learn from that passage wrong when, when they think that we display great faith when we ask Jesus Christ for an extra sign. Uh, we need to take Christ at his word. As soon as he says, it is I, then we need to take him at his word and just believe what he said. L- look at look at. Abraham for crying out loud, you know, Christ, uh, God was moving him around for 40 years. Well, you know, not, not much sign, not many signs in there, you know, I mean, for 40 years with the promise, uh, that, that, that he would have posterity as much as, you know, the stars of the sky. And, and, and that to me, I mean, display is a displaying unbelievable faith, unbelievable faith by taking God at his word without a sign. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, there. I believe Abraham was shown signs, but you know, I think they were few and far between. Forty years moving around, and without without any children, that is unbelievable faith. That's just that's just taking God at His word. I mean, and, and and let alone the 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 scenario where he had to sacrifice his own son. He just took God at His word. That's what he did and didn't wait for anything extra. He just believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. That is what we do with the scriptures. We believe God and it is counted to us as righteousness um, in a similar fashion. We must take God at his word. We must take Christ at his word. We cannot ask for something extra like what the Hillsong people continually do. They continually ask for extra revelation. They continually ask to see the Lord. Let me see you. Take me to your throne room. Blah, 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 blah. Why? Why Why do I need that? Why do I want to see the Lord? What difference does it make? I have his word. Is that not enough? Why do I have to see with my eyes? The righteous shall live by faith, not by sight. And here's Hillsong over and over again asking for an extra sign. Let me see you, Lord. Reveal yourself to me. He has revealed himself in his word. And the more we ask for him to reveal himself in our worship, the more we disregard his word. And is that not true of Hillsong? Are they not moving further and further away from his word and further and further into mysticism, into spiritual mumbo-jumbo? And and I believe this song right here, Oceans, while it, I don't think it's a spiritually wrong or bad to sing if you know what the meaning behind it is or if, if you can understand scripture correctly. But I, but I believe it is misleading when it is trying to communicate to you that you need to display great faith by taking these big chances and, and goodness knows what that even means. The greatest faith you can display is is listening to God when he tells you to do something. In Luke 17, the disciples say to the Lord, increase our faith. In verse 7, it says, will any of you who has a servant 
plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come into the field, Come at once and recline at table. Will he not rather say to him, Prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink and afterward you will eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, We are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. Now, can you imagine those servants saying to the to their uh, master, I hear what you said, master. Can you give me something extra so that I can fulfill the duty better? No. If you want your faith to increase according to Jesus Christ himself, trust and obey. And at the end of the day, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty, and that is to trust and obey God's word. That is the greatest faith that you can display. Take God at his word. Don't ask for something extra. Don't ask for another sign. That is wickedness and foolishness. The Lord in his mercy might grant it to you. But if you want to get to a place where your faith is strong, just listen to Jesus himself. At the end of the day, your faith has to say, I am an unworthy servant. I have only done what was my duty. Thanks for listening, my friends. Be strong and courageous. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Streetwise Theology, brought to you by the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society and Reconstructionist Radio. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com and thinkandreform.org. Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom.